0: Today's podcast, my entrepreneurial friends, aspiring entrepreneurial friends with Seven Figures Club, we're going to talk about how Ed Sheeran went from homeless to transcendence, how my first dive into entrepreneurship almost ended with some kitchen knives, and what steps you can take today to be an entrepreneur who endures, which is often an entrepreneur who succeeds. So let's get started. There are over 32 million businesses in the US and over 90% of them will never break seven figures in annual sales. So how do we as entrepreneurs or aspiring entrepreneurs break into that seven figures club? This podcast will relentlessly share the secrets, strategies, and tactics I've used to create three multi-seven-figures businesses and bring in even more successful entrepreneurs than me to share their inspirational stories and tactics to success. You can create your dream business in life right now. So buckle up and let's go. Okay, so recently on uh, just a few days ago on Sunday, I like uh, to do a lot of reading, a lot of meditating. You know, I've got the five kids at home and my wife, and I was reading through this fascinating story about Ed Sheeran. And Ed Sheeran, of course, a great uh, rock star artist from England who's done amazing things. We're all very familiar. One of my favorite songs, uh, Castle on a Hill, and so forth. But if you don't know this guy's story, it is simply remarkable, it's entrepreneurial, it's inspirational, and it's a great lesson about what it takes to succeed in business and entrepreneurship, or entrepreneurship if you're, you know, have that uh, entrepreneur opportunity at a business that you work at, and really just a great uh, metaphor for life on how to succeed. So Ed Sheeran, at the age of seventeen, decides he's going to leave the the small town where he lives and go to London. So he goes to London at age 17, has his parents' blessing, uh, it appears, according to the story, and uh, gets to London, and for the next few years, he does a lot of, uh, you know, singing uh, opportunities where you have kind of that free mic night, and anybody can step up and sing who thinks they've got ability. So uh, does about 300 performances and while he's doing this, he—I mean—he doesn't go there with money. I mean, his parents aren't wealthy. They don't say, "Hey, here's ten grand, yo, know, good luck to you." I mean, he pretty much goes there broke. He—he he loses his apartment. Um, he basically ends up homeless, and he does what he calls. Uh, sofa surfing and sofa surfing is that uh, act of basically saying hey I don't have anywhere to live but uh, hey we're friends we're buddies can I crash at your place on your couch tonight on your sofa tonight and so he's constantly you know sofa surfing where can I stay where can I stay who can help me out and so he does that uh he spends some nights where he doesn't have a sofa to surf and so he starts to realize oh well i can uh, jump on the tube the subway system there in london and just sleep on some of those chairs late at night and so he'll he'll do that right he'll sleep on some of those chairs he has days where he goes hungry he's starving he's fasting he's trying to find food He does have a cell phone and there are times when he's not able to get it uh, charged up and he's not able to get a new cell phone. So it makes it very difficult for him to succeed. He finally gets enough money saved up and with that money, he buys a one-way ticket to Los Angeles, Hollywood, California, flies from London to, to Hollywood, has one contact, one person, who kind of believes in him and can kind of help him out. That's it, no money, one contact, gets to Los Angeles. And in Los Angeles, he really starts to uh, work on his social media accounts with Facebook, with YouTube, try to get some followers that way. And again, continues that focus of you know writing some music and doing some shows, not really making a lot of money on him. He'll do the free mic night at different uh, restaurants, bars, etc. And finally, finally, you know, a a long time later, after being at this for years, he bumps into the manager of actor and singer Jamie Foxx. And this manager, of Jamie Foxx, super impressed, sees amazing potential in Ed Sheeran and makes an introduction to... Uh, Jamie Foxx and Jamie Foxx has Ed Sheeran on his Sirius satellite radio show and So Ed Sheeran goes on that show does a performance Jamie Foxx is super impressed and at this point it sounds like uh, Ed Sheeran still really doesn't have a home to uh, Call his own and so Jamie Foxx says hey bro. Why don't you come to my house? I've got a studio you can hang out I got a bedroom for you to sleep at, and you can just start uh recording. And so he does. Uh, he takes advantage of that, starts a uh, recording, and Jamie Jamie Foxx really an impressive guy that steps up, sees talent, helps somebody out, and Ed Sheeran uh, then later is able to get his own his first uh, record contract. And then the rest is history, right? He continues to grow. He's a phenomenal songwriter. He's been in movies. He was in Game of Thrones. He's had so many incredible albums and, and I think number one, a lot of number one songs that, that are just a phenomenal, unique. He intersects all these different genres of music. And when asked why he was able to succeed, how he was able to push through and endure the pain the nights of not having a home to sleep at, the lack of food in his stomach, the you know inability to know where he's going to get his next meal, where he's going to be able to cover the cost to live and, and find a solution. I mean, he, he goes through an enormous amount of pain. And the other thing that you can say is, like sometimes some of these uh, singers and artists, I mean, they're, they're almost fashion models. They're, they're so good-looking. And Ed Sheeran, you know, is kind of like most of us. He's not a fashion model and yet still was able to share his talent. So how did he push through all that? He said the key was he never had a plan B. He never had a fallback plan, right? He, No matter what happened, he wasn't going to, you know, go work full-time uh, serving uh, at the Olive Garden or, or taking – you know, some uh, job, he was always 100% in his dream. I'm sure he did do some odd jobs, some odd things to get a little bit of money to survive, to feed himself, and to get through the difficulties. But there was never a real plan B. And that was uh, some advice that his father gave him. He said, If you're going to do this and make this happen, you know, don't have a plan B, don't have a fallback. And eventually, you know, you will do it because. It'll be what you're focused on continuously. Eventually, you'll see that success, and that's exactly what happened. So, an amazing story from homelessness to transcendence, because he is one of the top musical artists. Uh, he's only 29 years old, and his future is extremely bright. Uh, if you've if you've seen the movie yesterday, a uh, great movie about a guy who. Uh, is able to he remembers all the uh, Beatles music and all the Beatles music disappears from the history of the world Ed Sheeran is is in that as kind of hey here's a guy who's really maybe our best songwriter today one of the top songwriters and he's in that movie playing himself does a great job So phenomenal story And then the next story I wanted to share with you was kind of my story, my first dive or foray into entrepreneurship, and I remember it like it was yesterday. I was uh, 21 years old, junior at the University of Utah, sitting in one of our business uh, finance and marketing classes there, and uh, this guy comes in and he makes this announcement before class starts and says, hey guys, we've got this internship where you get to start your own painting business. We teach you how to do managing and marketing and hiring and sales and all the different things that it takes to succeed in business. And guess what? Employers are looking for real experience. That piece of paper, that degree you're going to get, not going to be nearly enough to translate into success. And so uh, Sean was the guy's name. uh, Gets my attention. I'm, I'm intrigued. I meet up with him. Later that day, do a little uh, interview and oh, I passed the interview because everybody I think passed that interview. And then he says, we've got a training, you know, over at this hotel by the Salt Lake City Airport. You know, it's going to be uh, all day Friday and Saturday. We'll see you at 9 a.m. I'm, so I'm like, cool. All right, cool. This is exactly what I need to do. So uh, at the time, I actually was uh, serving at the Olive Garden and taking a bunch of hours uh, at the University of Utah. And I go to this internship uh, opportunity to learn how to start a business and so uh, I head out there and there's maybe seems like there's a hundred of us there in that uh, room and we're all learning furiously taking notes trying to figure out you know how do we uh, resolve concerns and objections that our potential perspective clients and homeowners are going to have and how are they going to trust some college kids to uh, paint their most important asset. And so going through this pretty uh, interesting process and basically to drum up business, what you do or what you were taught to do is you go and you put your your little marketing uh, signs out. It's a company called College Works Painting. They are still in existence today. So you'll put those College Works Painting signs out on people's You know, uh, homes on in their uh, front yard. There, hopefully, somebody gives you a call, and pretty much other than that, you're going to go door to door. That's that's the marketing plan that they gave you, and so you basically look. Okay, well, that house looks like it needs a paint job, and you know, someone uh, needs a paint job on their house. They may or may not have the money to pay for it and so you know that's what i did i started going door to door and what you had to do was you had to have at least twenty thousand dollars in booked sales to actually start your business hire painters and uh, get it going and so you know i've booked like eight or nine thousand i'm i'm far away from getting to that twenty thousand mark And, I mean, I'm knocking doors in the rain. I remember the NBA playoffs had started, and I'm in a city north of uh, Salt Lake called Bountiful, knocking on doors. The rain is cold. Trying to book a job uh, with this couple. It looks like I'm going to book it with them. But I'm just not getting there. I'm I'm still halfway to 20000 and it's not looking like I'm going to be able to make this business happen. And so I start looking into this other opportunity, I know a lot of people have had success with it, uh, called Cutco Knives, where you basically are just selling these really nice, really expensive knives, and basically you're supposed to sell it to your friends and family, right? Like that's how it works. And so I went to a training with that, and I'm thinking, oh, damn, I really don't know if this is gonna be a good fit for me. I don't have tons of friends and family in the area. I'm not even from Salt Lake. I'm from a tiny town in Southern Utah called Beaver. So, you know, I'm not really sure where I'm going to find friends and family who are going to buy these expensive knives and what am I going to do? Go door to door and sell expensive knives? I guess I can do that. So, I'm with go, kind of halfway in with that, but I'm still knocking doors. I'm still pushing forward and finally as I'm about ready to give up on the the painting business, the college works painting internship uh, a couple clients call me from uh, Park City. Park City, very wealthy, ritzy area, uh, just east of Salt Lake. You've got the Sundance Film Festival. A lot of uh, awesome skiing and snowboarding resorts right there in Park City, and a lot of money there, and really, you know, nice multi-million dollar homes. And so I knocked on some of those doors and uh, pitched that I could take care of their uh painting jobs and and it's really stained because they have a lot of high uh and wood properties that you have to continuously stain to maintain and so a couple people call me back i book those couple jobs they're bigger jobs i break over twenty thousand i talk to some uh, great people at the olive garden Uh, one of them's uh, husband is from mexico and he's he's got painting experience he has friends that are painters one thing leads to another and I get to go full time with this and I get more confident. I knock on more doors, I book more deals. And the hundred people that started this internship has now dwindled down to about 15. So there's about 15 that actually made it, got to launch their business, and out of all those hundred people, I ended up taking second in that internship. and uh, you know for a poor, college kid uh, who got married super young at age 21. We didn't have enough money to go on a honeymoon, my wife and I. And uh, during that summer, business did about $65,000 in revenue. I watched my expenses, managed my profit margins, and made a little over $20,000 that summer in about uh, you know, a space of four months. And for a poor college kid who had gone from, you know, making, you know, 10 to $12 an hour of the Olive Garden with tips to, oh, I just, you know, made $20,000 in a summer, that was a major moment in my life where I realized I kind of like this business owner thing. I, I kind of like being an entrepreneur. I kind of like controlling the potential I have to make money and build a life and an income. And I'm thinking, this is it. This is it. I, I I'm not going to be doing a painting business for the rest of my life. But running a business, being an entrepreneur, like this is my thing, there's no way I'm going to be able to work for somebody. And so just amazing that extra bit of endurance. Clearly I'm no Ed Sheeran. But that type of endurance to push through when you're right on the edge of giving up is the difference between success and failure in life, in business, and especially in entrepreneurship. So what steps can you take as an entrepreneur, aspiring entrepreneur, to have that endurance? Probably the top – and by the way, all successful entrepreneurs – deal i, I want to say with a little bit of depression right you have success and you run into a wall and you want run into a wall and you're saying oh my hell how am i going to get through this and i remember um you know in this crazy year of 2020 we ran into a wall in our, in our current uh, business funding business and uh, it was right as the pandemic was starting and with there was, i was not sure the vision and, and the direction we needed to go and i remember knocking on on my head for a couple months And what got me through that difficulty was constantly coming back to my goals. If I can write down my goals and look at where I want to go and what I need to do today to achieve those goals, that's the one thing that gets me out of a funk, that gets me out of that depressive state. And I think we all deal with it one way or another, and especially in entrepreneurship. So writing down those goals and, okay, what can I do right now? Like nothing makes me feel better than that. So that's my my suggestion my uh, encouragement to you write down those goals that you want to accomplish and then look for the vehicle what is the vehicle what is the business you know are are you joining the business funding space in a recession proof industry like ours are you you know starting uh, a business that uh, provides services uh, you know to other businesses are you providing a product for clients a software whatever it is there's a certain amount of endurance that you're going to have to follow you've got to make sure you've got the commitment that you've got the right industry the right product the right service that it, you've got proof of concept as damon john says once you do that then these these uh, obstacles adversity they're coming just know they will come and you may be depressed as hell and i've certainly been there but you can push through it with this endurance with out hey there is no plan b now that doesn't mean you can't pivot into another business opportunity because maybe you're in the wrong business so keep that in mind it's important that you're in the right business that's the right fit for your talents that's a marketplace that has the opportunity if you're in in the restaurant industry and the pandemic you know has smashed you it might be time to pivot to a different industry right so you need to be paying attention to where are the opportunities which industries are seeing massive disruption And which ones are seeing great opportunity and hopefully you're flocking towards the opportunity. But the key is to write down those goals and push through and endure, not have a plan B because if you have the plan B, you'll almost always go back to it. So that is today's podcast, how Ed Sheeran went from homeless to transcendence, how my first uh, foray into entrepreneurship almost ended with failure with some kitchen knives, but instead ended with my wife and I going on our honeymoon to beautiful Cancun for a week. She did not believe we'd be doing that, but I proved her wrong. And how entrepreneurship takes endurance, and by writing down your goals, you can make that happen. Have an amazing day, and we'll see you next time on the 7 Figures Club podcast. Are you looking for more 7 Figure secrets, content, or even how you can launch your own recession-proof business? then check out sevenfigures.com. That's the digit 7 dot com, where we share more videos, stories, strategies, funding solutions, entrepreneurial education, and even the secret business type that's recession-proof. Thank you for listening, and if you're finding value in our podcast, please give us a five-star and invite others to join the club.